get one. Yeah, that. Thank you, dear. I I have trouble. I I, I sort of recognise. Yeah, let's say when, when you're in sort of like a pressure situation, like with someone else, and um, you sort of perceive they're pouring the pressure on you to sort of get you to bite, you know, like to get into an argument sort of thing. Oh, that's what I sort of see it as. And a lot of times, well, not, not a lot of times, but time, there's times these days where I it just sort of floats over me like because I sort of just know that I'm not this, so it doesn't affect, it doesn't seem to affect me. You know, there might be still this little murmur there, like an agitation feeling, you know, or, yeah. or a little bit of anger bubbling up. But every now and again, I still crack. I, I, I would, I would and, it, and it sort of gets the better of me. And then I go into a depression and guilt and all that for a, you know, a, a little right. bit so of time. Before that happens, where where were you? And after that happens, where are you? Before it happens, where am I? And after it happens, where am I? It's just still in the same place sort of thing, I suppose. I'm, I'm not... Yeah, so something appeared only to disappear. What stays, stays, yes? Yeah. This is what starts uh, grabbing you after a while. It's the surety of the fact of the premise of non-duality, that being ourselves reality, we do not come and go. Things come and go in us, and sometimes the attention and interest has an ha uh, like a habitual groove, so it gets into that thing only for it to get into it and come back out of it. But where does it go from and where does it go to? Yeah. Was there any difference in the space you were in uh, when you returned to that space? No. Where is the thing that happened and it grabbed your attention? It's disappeared, yes? So before yeah. it appeared... And then something got agitated in a, like a habit, or they call it a de deep mental groove, still played its tune, and it came to an end. Yeah? Yeah. Yes? So what came and what went and what doesn't come and what doesn't go? Oh, I yeah? suppose what... You, you watched a star sort of streak through the night, like a shooting star... The attention and interest went there, but it's always, always resting in the sky, yes? This is what sinks in after a while. So when you seem to get agitated and then come out of the agitation, they're not landmarks, yeah? Nothing really started and nothing really stopped, yeah? It's just something appeared, did its thing, and disappeared, yeah? Back into what we are at all times. So after a while... Uh, the vibrations on the surface don't deny the tranquility of the bottom, so to speak, yes? So there's a knowing uh, that you're not trying to know at a certain moment, yes? Yeah? It's not like the knowledge you try to acquire to have a skillful means. It's a knowing underneath it all. And that knowing is, it, it 
it rings with the bell of, of non-duality, which is being ourselves reality. Yeah. So you are that which doesn't come and doesn't go. Yeah. 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 So what happens? It gives you the vision to see what comes and goes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And what comes is never going to go. And so, so basically, <laughs> all the meaning gets sort of uh, dried out of it. Yeah. Because you thought something completely took over you and occupied you, but it doesn't. It appears in space. Yes. Yeah. And maybe you're looking at it like a star would, a shooting star would appear in the sky. You would follow the movement more than the stillness. Yes. But that movement, you, it always disappears the shooting star. And what does it disappear into? That space. So after a while of seeing all the comings and goings, you get a sense or an intimacy of what doesn't come and go. And that's the true leavening agent through this tripping of traveling lighter here. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. That shit that comes and goes is so completely forgotten and that which we are can't be remembered. You are it, yeah, it's not... It, it doesn't trigger by you doing or not doing something. It just is, yeah? And after you go through all the shenanigans of this could happen or this could stop me or this could obstruct me, it all falls apart like an empty house, you know, a house of cards. And now you walk around throughout the day with a deep assurance that's not built on what's happening in the day. It's brought to what's happening to the, in the day. It's not found in what's happening in the day, yes? You bring it into the day. Yeah, travel lighter. So those mental grooves, if you had an objective uh, viewer of them, you would see that get, they're getting shorter and weaker as it goes that's, along, yeah? This is like the statement in The Course of Miracles. You and I are dreaming this dreaming and we're going to dream ourselves out of it and as we are doing that the dream gets happier yeah to me that's traveling lighter yeah it doesn't mean it go it's going great it just means that you can travel lighter through whatever life has in store for you as this action figure yeah and then what more do you want yeah you, you brought in the way uh, the I agree. It, it, it's really nice you said the mental groove. I've never heard it that called that. It's I, yeah, I think I've got some mental mental grooves, but you're correct. Also, as an action figure, those are like yeah. the samskaras. If you read into Hinduism, they have this whole idea that there's <laughs> obviously there's not a long lasting, independent, separate thing. There's an appearance or an apparition based on skandhas which are certain things, and those skandhas create mental grooves, which are samskaras, and these play themselves out in this time and space called the action figure life, yeah? Yeah, this is not about that rough road getting completely smooth. It's just having better shock absorbers, so to speak, yeah? Yeah. It's not yeah. like the highway of life. There's not going to be any potholes in it. You just got great shocks. <laughs> you can drive over a big hole. It doesn't throw the whole chassis out of line. Yeah? Yeah. 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 And I've been yeah. watching you, and it's happening. So there you go. 
And then yeah. there's, there's a coming to peace with the grooves because first of all, they're not yours. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care a lot about a lot of people's their imperfections unless they're living with me. <laughs> Maybe I would. But, <laughs> I just try to avoid them. But the idea of your imperfections seem to demand and command so much interest and attention, which just gets you absorbed in the idea of being the doer and the undoer, the changer, the yes, this one who's having great leaps and bounds of spiritual progress, but they find themselves at a non-duality zoom. <laughs> 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 that should yeah. tell you something right there but uh <laughs> <laughs> shit doesn't work that's what's great about it yeah if you can see the great success of shit not working concerning this topic because if you're trying to become you it's a denial of being you yeah so your head is denying being you and it's in the pursuit of becoming you Yes, which it will it'll spend years and years in the act of becoming. It has no interest in being at all. <laughs> so you don't lose interest. You lose interest in that which wants to become. And then obviously the being becomes obvious. Yeah, because it's yeah. the being that seems to be fooling itself. When it loses interest in the fooling of itself, the being is obvious. Yeah. And it yeah. should show some, I would say, some indications would be you stop using you to look for you. Yeah, you, would, you wouldn't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. You wouldn't spend a second looking for what can't be found. It just wouldn't, it just wouldn't, it would diminish all that behavior. Yeah? Yeah. 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 I, see, I see little indications. They're lovely in things like my whole life, I've had to stay up as late as I can, you know, always be doing something. I, I couldn't go to bed and, and just like, let's say, early and lay there and fall asleep with nothing going on. But the last couple of months, I've been going to bed at about half past eight, nine o'clock, and actually probably falling asleep within 20 minutes anyway. And that, that thing of always having, so that what I'm saying is that thing of always having to be doing something to keep, like I always used to look at it at keeping my mind occupied, you know, yeah. that's yeah. that's dissipated a lot, you know, which is really lovely because I'm actually getting good night's sleeps and actually yeah. getting yeah. sleep. These things, you know, people like they're looking for enlightenment, but they'd be really happy if they could just sleep through the night. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> really. We give a lot of weird names to things, but if you just felt content and satisfied, I don't think you would be that motivated to do a huge amount of shit. Yeah. No. No. You wouldn't, because usually we're doing a lot of shit to try to get out of the discontent <laughs> and and unsatisfied. Yes. Once yeah. that's taken care of, I mean, I could, you know, if someone says. This is going to be an 80-year urban renewal project. I canceled the, you know, <laughs> that's not going to happen. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? This may yeah. take lifetimes. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm happy yeah. to see you, you try, you know, sleeping is quite valuable if you can't get it. Yeah. 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 
like with my, my the body that I have now from getting run over, I need to go vertical or my legs will flip out. Yeah. So sleep is like a real uh it's a great gift to to uh, entertain and enjoy. Yeah. 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 I get what you mean there. Yeah. For sure. I find when I'm tired, it's funny because it's a vicious circle, you know, when I used to stay up all night, probably living a life of uh, tiredness all the time. And I feel that leads to a bit of aggravation and opens the door. Yeah, for, sure. for sure. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of ways that we overlook that would go a long way. Like uh, we call it in recovery, emotional sobriety. So it's a sort of a different, you get to a point where there's, you run into an, a strange experience, which is your balance, so to speak. <laughs> You're sort of on an even keel, which is quite unusual for a lot of us. And uh, you just have a sense of goodness sometimes. You're just feeling good. And, uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not bad. So thanks, bro. Thanks for that share, yeah. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, thank you. I want to be clear again for anyone who's new. The emphasis of this talk is not to describe what we are. It's to describe what we're not. It's very simple. And as you appear on the screen, you're the last thing I want to convince to have an understanding about this. I want you to not to be able to understand it. That's the that's the true understanding. And basically throw everything over your head because I know how far you can reach as an action figure. And I can't miss what I'm really targeting, which is everywhere. I just want to miss you. And so when people say I'm super frustrated, I never I don't understand this, I go hallelujah. That's great. Because you're getting to the you're getting to your end of your rope with the system you're relying on. And when you finally see that which you're not as a failed system, there'll be a migration of interest and attention. You won't have to direct it. It will take off. <laughs> it will. You'll just, instead of or you won't be whistling to start the geese, the Canadian geese. You'll just watch them go over or through the sky. You'll see an a shift of emphasis and interest and attention, which you have no, you're not pushing it, you're not directing it, you're observing it, really. Yeah, you're observing it. And uh, who would have thought that the key was loss of interest? Hmm. Everything I ever got introduced to as a way demanded interest and attention and earnestness, but my experience with this is it's it's very disarming and it's a loss of interest in this idea of self yeah you lose interest in paul because you're not paul yeah and you learn that paul cannot lose interest in paul that would be interest in paul yeah so you learn a couple of the mental uh conundrums you recognize the movement of the head is to claim whatever consciousness brings it into contact with. If there's no volition underneath it, it's all mechanical. 
you're not the doer and therefore you're not going to be the not doer. Yeah. Yeah. So this is that movement always is happening. It matters if it's being emphasized or not. If the head is and the interest and attention is emphasizing it, it's going to be at the expense of other things. Yeah. So when you're paying attention to self or you, you're not going to be paying attention to a lot of other things. Yeah. So in duality, if you go one direction, there's some there's a reaction the other direction. Yes. So there's a very clear in the Course of Miracles. It says this. I, it says we have. I don't believe we have. I believe the head has made us something else to be ourselves. Yeah. And firm in faith in this thing that the head has made to be ourselves, we are in the act of denial of what we are. Now, if you asked anyone here, or if you were walking down the street and you stopped them and go, are you in the act of denial of what you are? Probably not. They would know I'm not in the act of denial. I'm thinking about me all day. I was just thinking about me while I was walking by you. I'm completely <laughs> affirming what I am. No, you're affirming what you're not. And therefore that action of affirming what you're not is the act of denial of what you are. Who would have thunk that? Yes, but it's true. So when you're up the ass of self, yes, yes, <laughs> those it has a counter effect. Yes, yes, yes. So hmm, that's why we want to see it because usually when somebody pointed out something to you, you thought you had to do a, something about it. Yes. So let's say someone said, Paul, you know, you're a real fucking asshole and you're incredibly selfish and self-centered. And they explain what you did concerning them. And maybe it gets through your defenses and it hits you. And there's a there's an acknowledgement. Fuck, I'm extremely self-centered and I'm to that. And then that reacts to that you believe is your authentic you. And immediately, I'm going to have to do something about that. What this message does is let you finally say everything you've been trying to avoid. Yeah, I'm a loser. I hate people. I don't like this. And then when it lands, then you see it's not you. Yeah. And so when you see that thing that says, all right, now that I've realized I'm selfish, I have to do a lot of selfless acts. You see that as not you. So the, 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 that which reacts to the self-knowledge is self, yes? It's not you. And so this is the non-duality. The objectified idea of you that's being thought about and wanting to be improved by the subjectified idea of you, they're both not you. Yeah? This is the beauty of negation. Both of them. Just like it says in the in the... The who am I, that which is asking, who am I, and that which is being asked, both of them are not us. Yes? So when you're sitting there and you go, who am I, and you're waiting for something to show up, and that's actually you already are there, that's what you are is that space, but then something will say, it's me, and then you go, oh, who is this me? That asking and the one that's asked, both are not you. This is the negation of duality. We are an act of duality. We have a subjectified selfing and an objectified self. 
And this objectified selfing is going over the objectified self and trying to see how to improve it or make it better or whip it into condition or have guilting and shame. They're both not you. That's the great news, yes? You can be relieved of that which is seeking relief, yeah? You're relieved of both. It's beautiful, actually. And to me, when you hit the money, it should trigger a disarming, my feeling, yeah? This did not trigger me reading more books. It didn't. This did not trigger me going to Tibet and finding another cave to sit in. This did not trigger making vows or fucking mea culpas, none of it. It was completely disarming, and I've never been called to arms since. Yeah? It's, I don't know how many years now. And the only thing I actually do is go to satsang. And so much has happened by doing so little, you can't even imagine it. <laughs> Just by having your ass sitting here, so much shit can get revealed, yes? Through here, through there, through us, yes. So get clear about, you're not going to find out what you are, but you can definitely discover what you're not, yeah? yeah. Learn about that, and you'll find out about what you are. If you keep trying to find out about what you are from that, you've not learned anything. <laughs> <laughs> but learning about what you're not is the finding out of what you are it truly is yeah i am the seeing of what i'm not if you want to put it that way and this is the card we sell i don't we don't do anything else because this is what's worked and this is how it played itself out so far yeah so, all right, Mike, anyone has anything to say or share? Anybody want to raise or wave their? Oh, Craig May. Hi, Craig. Craig Good May. Good night, Paul. Where is Craig? Um, yeah, I've got to share. It just, it's just sort of popped up now. And I, I want to share it because I think it, it illustrates beautifully how the head has its own agenda and our best interests aren't part of that. Um, I just, this happened a long time ago. I remember when it happened, Dali was, Dali would have been about two and she's 22 now. And at that time, um, when Rowena had Dali, she went back to work when Dali was about six months old and I became a stay at home dad. So I was with Dali all the time. And this particular day, I had the day off. I think Rowena and Dali were out somewhere. So I had the day to myself. And I th it was a beautiful day. And I thought, I'll jump on the bike and I'll take a ride. So I did. I jumped on the bike and I rode around the St Kilda foreshore. Very beautiful on a nice day. Ran into the city and I was sort of heading back home and... Um, a friend of mine owns and runs a, an iconic record store here in Melbourne called Greville Records on Greville Street in Paran. And I was a huge music uh, enthusiast, a record collector. I used to do a music show on one of, the uh, one of the community stations here in Melbourne. So I used to be in at the shop all the time. 
And I got to know these people really, really well, become really good friends. So I used to hang out there all the time. So I was heading home and I was, I was near there. So I thought I'll drop in. I'll drop in and say g'day and, you know, have a flick through the racks. So I did that. I was having a yarn to the, to the folks in there and I spent about an hour flicking through the racks. I um, chose about three, three or four LPs. I bought my records, said my goodbyes and out I went. And when I, when I stepped out of the shop, I noticed my bike there. And I thought, oh, shit, I forgot, I forgot I've got my bike. So I can't get the records on. So I instinctively turned, went to turn back to the shop and take the records in. I was going to, you know, just leave them there and say, yeah, I've got my bike, can't get the records on, just hang on to them and I'll come back tomorrow or whatever. As I did that, the head said, no, 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 you can do it. So I thought, yeah, all right, I'll give it a go. <laughs> anyway, it's very close to home. If I didn't have the records with me, it's about a five-minute bike ride. So I thought, no, I can do it. So I put the records, um, under sort of, they were sort of hot cradling in my left arm under my armpit, and I jumped on the bike with my right hand on the right handlebar. Yeah. And I'm heading down Greville Street, very, um, just cruising, very, taking it real easy. It's all going well. I turned on the Chapel Street. Chapel Street is a shopping precinct here in Melbourne. It's lined with shops, goes on forever. Just, there's just two lanes and the traffic, it's about 50K. So it's busy, but it's pretty cruisy. So I was heading down Chapel Street. Everything was going well. And all of a sudden, I don't know whether I, um, I took my eye off the ball, like I thought, I've got this sorted, I'm right here. Or I might have hit a stone on the ground or something, but all of a sudden I got the wobbles on the, the handle wheel, the, the handlebars. And as I did that, I tried to correct it. And when I corrected it, I overcorrected it and it made it worse. And I thought, shit, I'm in trouble here. And then the, <laughs> then the handlebars just went zoom. They just turned zoom like that. And it, it acted as a brake on the bike. And I was just heading over the handlebars um, and I was going to kiss the dirt big time. As I, as I went forward, the, uh, the tire at the back lifted up and it acted like a catapult and it shot me off. The, 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 then the head, the head comes in. At that moment, I can picture it now. As I was going over the handlebars, the head comes in and goes, the records. The records. <laughs> so... I think shit. So I do this like 180 commando roll in midair because I've got the records here and I think I'm heading down there and I'm going to go, I'm going to mangle them. So to try and protect them, I do this 180 as I'm heading down. So I go from heading down this way like this to heading down that way with the records up here out of, out of harm's way. It's the funniest thing because time slows down. So as I was going round, it happened outside of a hairdresser's. And as I was going round, I got a, I saw the, the people in the hairdressers. There would have been about eight or nine people in there cutting hair or getting the hair cut. And simultaneously, their heads just went towards me. They sensed the commotion out there, you know, and everyone just went like that. This is all happening as I'm, <laughs> it's unbelievable how time slows down. Anyway, the next thing that the head, 
I think I'm thinking I'm gonna hit I'm gonna hit the ground. I'm gonna roll on the records. So tense up, tense up. It says, tense up. So that's what it did. Tense up. And then and and then I just fucking whacked into the uh, into the ground on my back. I just went thump. It was like lying on flypaper. I just it went I went thump and I just stayed there. The first thing I did, I'm lying there. And the first thing I did was I brought the records up like this and I'm lying on the ground looking at them. I'm thinking, yep, I look good. I'm checking the corners. I turn it around, looks good. I remember that the records were in a, a brown paper bag and they had the Greville record stamp on it. I can picture it now like it was yesterday. And I th I'm thinking, fucking, not a scratch, not a fucking scratch, well done. And then I think, fuck, what about me? <laughs> and I'm sitting there and thinking, I think I'm all right. I'm lying there thinking I'm all right. So I, I dragged myself up. <laughs> and as I dragged myself up, and I'm, so I'm brushing myself off, and I look at the, the, <laughs> the people in the hairdressers, and they're all looking at me, about, I don't know, eight or nine people, and I could almost hear them, hear their thoughts or hear what they were saying. They just all, you can see, oh, no, he's all right. And they just, again, simultaneously turned back to what they were doing and kept on what they were doing like it was nothing happened. Anyway, the bike had flipped onto the road and the traffic was backing up. There's about seven or eight cars <laughs> waiting for me to get my shit together. Anyway, so I got up, I dragged the bike off and uh, I walked home with my records on my bike. But it was just so telling, it's so revealing. They had couldn't give a shit about me, but the head's identified as the record collector. Don't damage my records. <laughs> you know what I mean? Unbelievable. It's yeah. incredible. When we put the spotlight on the head, it's like we, um, we hire the auditorium, we print and sell the tickets, we provide the audience, we pay the production crew, we pay the support actors, also the spotlight's on the head and its agenda. When, when there's a seeing of that, your interest, in, your interest and attention is withdrawn immediately, like the, the curtain goes down, the audience disperses, but the head follows the spotlight because that's its energy source, our attention, our interest and attention. So, we, so there's a seeing of it, there's a seeing of that. Before we can avert our... Um, our gaze from here to here, the head has cast off its performance clothes, it's jumped into its civilian gear and it's jumped up here. By the time you get to here, it's the one that saw that. It's like that one, one two movement it does. You, there's a yeah. scene of the first one and then it just quickly, whoop, it quickly does that move, whoop. Yeah. And by the time, and all of a sudden, it's the one that saw that. When is a scene of that one? That's like you've given it a real, it's like almost a KO punch. You haven't KO'd it, but you've stunned it. You've stunned it. And you've seen it. You've seen, you've seen the whole, what it does. You've seen the emperor with no clothes. Yes. Now it, it gets its, it sort of regathers itself and keeps doing its thing, but you've seen it now. The, the, um, the jig is up, so to speak. I don't know 
if um, any of you had the pleasure or the displeasure of having to deal with a, a narcissist or a psychopath head on. But if the head, if the head could manifest as a person, it would be a narcissist or a psychopath. Because if you, the, the way a narcissist behaves is exactly what the head does. It's incredible to watch. My mother's a narcissist. I was raised by one. I know, it looks like. And it's, it's a very similar movement to the way the parasite works in nature. It needs a host. Um, and to watch what it does, the way it, like a, a narcissist has a front. It has a front. It has this mask that it wears. If it senses, if you've got a good bullshit detector and it senses that you see through the mask and see it, its behaviour fucking flips. And that's exactly what the head does. It's exactly what the head does. It's incredible to watch. But I tell you, when you have to deal with these people front on, it's really, you see it, and it's really disturbing. It's really off-putting. You feel like you need to take a shower after you've dealt with these people. But my point is, this is exactly their behaviour. These are people that are completely devoted to what their head's telling them. To, to watch them is to watch the head in action. But we don't see it so much with, with the head itself because it's done that little move it does, which it's, it's convinced us that it's the we're it. So we're really reluctant to shine that spotlight on it in that regard because we think we're looking at ourselves and our own behaviour when, in fact, we're looking at the head and its behaviour. Well, of course, Craig. Yeah. yeah. So in recovery, they ask you to do an inventory on this foreign activity that has defeated you. And they ask you to do a fearless and thorough inventory. The only way you can do a fearless and thorough inventory is to see it as not you. Yeah. Because if you see it as you, there's going to be fear and there's not going to be thoroughness. Yeah, a lot of shit is going to be hidden away. Because when it's sent to investigate itself, it doesn't do a damn good job. Yeah. So this whole idea that you describe, we've done it quite a lot. Yes. And it's like the seeing uh, the objective self and then realizing the claiming of the subjectiveness of that event. Yes. Yeah, and in not seeing both of those movements, that's the negation of duality, yes? Yeah, the duality in us is we play the object and we play the subject. We don't, the head does. And the negation of one without the other gets to be a drag, yeah? If you can, when you see both, it doesn't matter how many times you see both, it's seeing both, yeah? So... The pattern is shown in two, not in 800 views, but always there's the two in the 800 views, yeah? And this is the recognition of duality. 
and then the negation of that duality, which is non-duality. So that which you call the topic called non-duality is actually the basis of your life. Yeah. It's not a new basis. It's always been the basis. You've seen through the manufactured, made up, imagined basis from looking at it from that basis of what we call non-duality. That gives us the eyes to see everything in time because those eyes are not of time. Yeah. This is our inherent condition, which is always available at all times. So we see the activity of what we're not from what we are. Yeah. Yeah. And the activity of what we're not is twofold. It goes along as the subject, then it gets objectified, and then it takes the role of being the subject about the objectified one. Yeah. So now self is trying to get self better, self is trying to get out of self, and you get caught with lots of knowledge. There won't be an ease and comfort still. Yeah. You'll be fucking agitated still in your after your 30th retreat because you only saw one aspect of the selfing when it's a dualistic event, yeah? The fake object and the fake, fake subject, both are not us, yeah? And you hear about the object from the fake subject. You see the object of self from what you are, but you hear about that object from of self by the subject of self, yes? It informs you, it talks about it. It's not the seeing of it. Neither of the neither aspects of self are aware. You can become aware of them. They are not aware. Yeah. There's something like if it gets too hot, a thing goes off in the room. Yeah. There's a mechanical reaction or response to cognizance or consciousness, but it's not aware. It's mechanical. Yeah. So it claims that which is aware, which is us, and it says it's the seer of this idea of Paul as the seer of being Paul, yes? Neither of them have any awareness. Yeah. So we are that which allows the subject of self to talk about the object of self. We brought both of them into the light. Self doesn't have a light into itself. Yes, it's all fucking reflected. That's why it needs our intention and interest. We are the sun that allows it to masquerade as a sun, but it's a moon. Yes. And that's a bad example anyway. It's nothing really. It's just activities. Yeah. So as you said, Craig, once you see the emperor with no clothes, and maybe you want to have those peak experiences, they're probably not going to go that way. But you will now have an understanding when the emperor is appearing with a lot of clothes on, the emperor still has no clothes. That to me is dog shit awareness. That to me has traction in day-to-day -day life. That to me is the peace that passeth the understanding. Yes? Yeah. So... I saw it all the time when I was surfing and I went into the rocks. I tried to sell, save the board. Yeah. <laughs> I was riding a bike. I started going over a cliff. I pushed the bike over onto the road and I fell down the fucking uh, trough. 
Yes, it happened tons of times. I saw when push comes to shove, it shows its real value and you're not on the top four. <laughs> it wants to save that coffee drink. You'll fall <laughs> off a cliff, but you don't want to spill the Starbucks because it has extra caramel and you like extra caramel much more than you like. It likes you. <laughs> you don't need tons of evidence. Does it like me? It doesn't. No, <laughs> it needs you. Yes, it needs you terribly. <laughs> it doesn't have a light. It can't shine a light on anything. Yeah, what it does is it claims the light that's been shined on things and then interprets those things from his fucking dark point of view. <laughs> Pedals the same old story. And there we are seemingly out to lunch. Tell me this is not an indication you're out to lunch. You go to work. You're there the whole day. If you went and watched the surveillance tapes there, you're in them all the time. And then around six o'clock, you decide to have a beer or something and you're going to eat food. And then the head breaks the news to you. You had a bad day. Yeah. Now, wouldn't you know you had a bad day when it was bad? You know, you were supposedly being in the day. But no. You're out to lunch and the head tells you how things are, how they were and how they're going to be. And without, and it talks about in the course, it says, hey, having this something else made to be yourself and, and giving it all the position of running the show, who would be suspicious of what could happen? Well, after it's run the show for quite a while, you become incredibly suspicious of what has happened. Yes. And hopefully, if you haven't been, satsang will bring about a healthy suspicion in this something else that your head has made to be you. Because it's not serving you anyway. Yeah? It wants us a four. How much is a latte? Five bucks? Five buck, a five-buck latte in a certain moment is worth more than you. <laughs> and it sucks anyway. It's a Starbucks called latte. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing, eh? Oh no, I'm gonna spend my time loving myself. Good luck, <laughs> good luck, good luck. I'm growing into loving myself. No, you're fucking not. That thing doesn't love you. <laughs> it uses you. <laughs> it's my amigo. It's my service animal. We're a team. No, you're not. You're not a team. Yeah. I don't know. We pet, We try to embellish it, but really, it's just an activity in millions of activities, and it's called selfing. It's a very small uh, streaming activity, yet it garners a lot of interest and attention in the act of being identified as it, Yes. So what it's saying we are, we take ourselves to be. And therefore the interest and attention actually forms an addiction to that idea where that is in Buddhism, they would call it the cherishing of self. There's a loving of this idea of you, even though you hate it or shit like that, there's a cherishing of it. There's it's a drug, it's an addiction, really. Yeah. And basically what you're shooting up is interest and attention. Truly, yeah. So 
people, uh, you know, I think it's gone to such an extreme level. I use an example in my own life of being addicted to cocaine uh, to a very heavy duty degree. And an addiction to cocaine is not a happy route, yeah? The only times you're feeling halfway decent is when you're rushing or maybe a few minutes after. But most of the time, there's a lot of angst that's set loose and uh, fucking going over ad nauseum shit you'd rather not even think about. But you will keep doing it, yes? Because you're being, you're being used as transportation and something is getting off on it. And yet all those years of doing coke, I never for one second thought I was cocaine, ever. Now, in this mental addiction, we take ourselves to be the drug that the head is addicted to. That's insane. Eh? So when you're trying to get out of the addiction to self, you're trying to get out of the addiction to self as self. And most people do not see it. They do not see, they're trying to escape from an imaginary thing as an imaginary thing. And then the intention and interest in their lives gets sucked up into that vacuum, truly, yeah, truly. And then they're basically living in what's not ha happening, obviously. I used to drive with this lady who had this, she had a, oh, man. She was consumed with herself. So I'd be driving and I would just do this in front of her face. And no matter what moment or what time, I always catch her out to lunch. She says, how did you know? I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't lose the bet. Anytime I would go like this, it would bring her back to a moment because she would never fucking seemingly there while always being there. Yes, this is the insanity of it. Yeah, it is. It doesn't move you at all, but the belief that it moves us is the killer. Yes? Yes. Yes. So people are trying to get out of what they're not in, and they're trying to get into what they're not out of. This is fucking bizarro world. Yeah? Yeah. That's why I love Zen with the, you'll see blue as blue and red as red. Things will become clear. Yeah? Clear. And when the statement hits you, you can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. You will not hear it as Paul. You'll hear it as the Buddha. Yeah, And that's the true recipient of that message. The message was directed at the Buddha, not to Paul. And it was talking to the Buddha through Paul. Hey, Buddha, you can't use yourself to find yourself. And that's exactly what's going on as you're taking yourself to be Paul. Yeah? All right. What do you lose interest in? Buddha? No. You lose interest in self. Paul? Yes. Once that starts going, it creates a, a like an avalanche. The First, the rocks may be moving slowly, but they build up a huge momentum and you lose a consistent amount of interest and attention from this idea of self. And that interest and attention now enriches your day and enriches other people through you in your day.
Yes? Incredible. So nice to see you, Craig, uh, and everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Just look at you're hearing a message, and then the head says you're the hearer of the message. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which came first? Was there, you're the hearer of the message, and then you hear it? No, you hear it, and then you're the hearer of the message. What's the emphasis in your head? How it plays out in time. You're the hearer of the message, and now you've heard a message. No, there was a hearing of a message, and then that was claimed, and you became the hearer of the message. Yeah. If you don't see that, you're going to be looking from it. Man. If you don't see that which comes after is implied to be before, you're going to be living as an after that's implied to be before. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to be that satisfying for you. I don't. Yeah. A narrative cannot capture the living of something. An interpretation is not the event. It's part of an event. It's not the event. You're not describing the event as a complete interpretation. There's an event and then it's interpreted. Yeah. Most of us are following a self-centered interpretation. Is it working for you? Are you okay? Or does it say you could be okay if you did this and did that or didn't do this or did that? And then it makes it even more worse seemingly being unokay because it says you were once okay and you fucked up and you did this and you were the cause why it's not okay now. And you're going to be the cause when it becomes okay again. This is insane. There's an okayness available right at the moment with no fucking resume or or fucking meritocracy to earn it. Yes. It's your inherent condition. Yeah. Do you have to pay it? Do you have a subscription to seeing and hearing and feeling and tasting and touching? Is there a decision at eight o'clock? I want the hearing to get kicked on by nine. Yeah. There's hearing, seeing. You're seeing even with the eyelids are down. They're seeing it. Don't you feel it? You can feel it in there. There's like two wild horses ready to go. As soon as those lids, a whole world appears. Yeah. Do you believe you're doing that? That that's your nature? That you you are the one that's seeing? You are the one that's hearing? You are the one that's feeling? Or is there a claiming of feeling to imply that there's a feeler? I think it's the latter, tell you the truth. I do not believe it's the former. I do not believe that there is a hearer without hearing. I do not believe it. Yeah. I do not believe there could be a feeler without feeling. Yeah. But there can be feelings without a feeler, and there can be hearing without a hearer, and there can be seeing without a seer. Yeah. The seeing is essential to the seer. The seer is not essential to the seeing. Don't you see the emphasis and the value? There's something off, isn't there? All the emphasis goes on the manufactured seer at the expense of the sense of seeing.
you say you think you gain something to see it, but you lose the sense of the seeing. Yeah. Then you're stuck with an interpretation of life. It's because your life isn't based on the living of it. It's just that simple. Yeah. And then it can have a field day telling you anything. You're disconnected. You're not this or not that. You're never going to be loved. It gives you forecasts and everything. And if there's a faith in it, you're going to have an effect now. You're going to feel uncomfortable when you're in a nice fucking couch and a nice temper temperature in a nice room. Yeah. But you can't respond to that condition because you're reacting to a mental condition, which is about some time in the future or some fucking time in the past. And like Craig said, it's so funny how time slows up. No, it isn't at all. Because you are the dreaming of time. There is no object called time that's affecting us as a subject. We are the subjectification of the dreaming of time. And there will be moments where you think you're, the most fear would ever occur. There's no fear at all in a car accident or something like that. And then time slows up and you're like, you, it's almost like, how, when am I going to hit the fucking wall? It seems like it's going so slowly. You, know, you can you could fucking knit a sweater. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is not time. The objective time didn't stop just for you at that. It's you're. It's us. We're dreaming, and we're dreaming in time and space. Yeah, and when the dreaming, let's say the camera gets hit, sometimes the, the time goes very slow. Yes. <laughs> uh, so yeah here we are another wednesday night yes i can do zillions of them i can because everyone i never come here it's great paul hederman's never i've never missed a meeting of paul hederman and i've never attended any of them it's great <laughs> yeah so, so all right anyone else mike or, oh we have a friend up here daniel daniel hey what's up all can you hear me nice to see you yes yeah nice yeah nice to see you too um i don't know why but like i'm a little bit nervous but um i'll get through it but um yeah i think i joined your meeting maybe two months or so ago and I introduced myself then, but I just wanted to come back again, um, introduce myself a little bit to everyone here. Um, so yeah. my name is Daniel. Um, I don't know. It's I feel like I've had a really interesting past month or so. So I remember specifically I was suffering a lot, um, and I kind of found out about this like non-dual message uh, about two years ago, and despite all the books that I was reading, like I started off with like Eckhart Tolle and the power of now started diving into like more radical non-duality messages. And the more books that I kept on reading, the more that I just, I just couldn't get it. And I, I just, I didn't know why I just couldn't get it. it. It almost felt like I was just like, just reading words off of the books. Like it wasn't like, it was, it was, it was almost as if like what they're pointing to made absolutely no sense. Like awareness, presence, consciousness, beingness like it, it felt like it, it like it was all pointing to me 
but I didn't know like what's so special about the state, right? It, it, like it felt like, it felt like this state that they were talking about for me, like at least the way that I was interpreting it, it felt like it was such a special state that like that was some super order, like super spectacular state that like yeah. that I could be in. That's like I like like that I won't suffer anymore. That I'll, I'll you know like I'll be in bliss or whatever just because like there like if if I don't even exist then. That would, that would just be just amazing, you know? So I was trying so hard to get this message. And I remember it was like two months ago, I joined your meeting. Um, and I remember seeing a talk from yours when you're when you're in London, I think, back in like 2015, like on your YouTube channel. And I don't know what it was, but something kind of clicked when you were talking. Um, I don't know exactly what you were saying, but something clicked. And I don't know what exactly clicked for me, but it was such a oh man i don't know how to explain it but um you know i, I don't know if you know who yuji krishnamurti is um yeah yeah he was someone that's definitely i remember just looking at his wikipedia page and just seeing about what he's talking about the calamity and his like like the calamity kind of happened for him when he asked himself like, how do I know that I'm not already in the state that all these enlightened sages and gurus and monks and all these like radical non-duality teachings are talking about right like how do I know that I'm not already in the state right and I think when he realized that there wasn't an answer to that question that's when the calamity happened and I think the calamity did happen to me. And it was it was such an excruciating process. Like it was such a physical like breakdown. Cause like I it felt like my entire life, like I wasn't really disturbed by thoughts or mental imagery, because I also have something called aphantasia, which is the inability to visualize my thoughts. Um but I had a really strong sense of a self just because I was heavily identified with like thoughts. So in my current in, in my dark experience, there used to be like um I used to have like a very loud verbal monologue, inner monologue going on in my experience. And that was just continuous. And I would like overanalyze every single situation, like every single small speck of like, oh, there's a chair there. I probably should move my legs here and there. I should move my arms like this way. So it was like, I was very like, looking back at it, like I was very, very paranoid about just my whole entire experience, right? Um, which was, yeah. It was, it was, it was, it took a lot of effort looking back at it. Like it took so much effort to like take care of like every single or like seemingly take care of every single aspect of my experience. Right. But I think yes. after like, I don't know if it was like watching your video on your YouTube channel or like just hearing the idea that like, what if I'm already in the state? I don't know what triggered the calamity, but something happened and it was just a physical breakdown and probably one of the most excruciating processes of my life but you know thankfully like that's for the most part over with but now it's like i don't know how to explain it that's the thing like, it's so normal i i think i i think i saw somewhere that like <laughs> so this the, <laughs> it's so normal it's it's so yeah. funny and you know it was it was really it was really interesting because like I could understand your message, but I was clinging on to your words so tightly when I was hearing your message, right? So it was like I was trying to understand what you mean by like selfing and 
and all and all the these words that you're trying to say like i was trying to like intellectually like understand each single word and how like it relates to the other word it was such a mess right but i think now that you know i've let go of the idea of clinging on to even the words itself and just letting laughter just arise spontaneously um just like hearing is just happening spontaneously it's just there's no sense of clinging on to just a message in 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 particular i it's so hard to explain but i just wanted to come in and just you know yeah yeah where you are is speaking louder than what you can say so yeah yeah right. yeah yeah i just want to say thank it you it's like uh, the loss yeah. of interest you remember when i was a kid i would be walking through the hall in school and a pretty girl would say hello to me and i would go home and wondered what she meant by it for like five hours Mm. I was on that level also. <laughs> Everything could be scrutinized. Yeah. It was an incredible level of obsession with self. <laughs> and I <laughs> and there was no way I could not take self serious not seriously. It was just mm. I, I needed drugs. That's what that's how I got relief from it. I got loaded. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I <laughs> way too much to go over every second of every day. Yeah, so I know what the relief is like. That's great. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. it's a loss of interest. Who would have known it was gonna it was gonna be you that you lose interest in? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. The last place you would think there would be a loss of interest. That's where it is. There's a loss of interest in you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's so, so relieving. It's so relieving. Oh, it's incredible, <laughs> man. To constantly be watching the you is just uh wow. I know. It's unbearable, literally. Mm. Yeah. And a lot of people, it takes a see, for me, it was the form of getting loaded as a reaction to it. Other people get into spirituality and it actually increases the 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 engine the horsepower of it <laughs> and they're mm. really and when they come to a talk you just tell them it would be better if you went to a soup kitchen and help people you know give out soup to people strangers it would be better yeah. than you sitting at another one of these talks because it's being used in the exact in a nasty fucking way so yeah yeah I'm happy it's uh it broke that thing broke that's I'm telling you uh, there's certain membranes that are, tra you can see through them, but they're membranes. And when you break through them in the message, it's incredible. You didn't even know they were there, but when you break through them, you know they were there. Yes? It's yeah. Really cool. yeah. And now you're on the other side. So you don't have to have a lot of fucking knowledge about it. You've you've been relieved of it. Yes, yes, great. Yeah, it's I used to call it like saran wrap. There's layers of saran wrap. Yeah, you're you're looking at everything else, but you're not seeing the saran wrap. And then when the saran wrap finally starts being taken off, you realize all this obsession with these ideas. It was the saran wrap, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so it just starts getting undone. It's great. So yeah, that's uh, there'll be more coming, brother. I'm happy. happy. You know, yeah, yeah. It's um, 
yeah, like it's it's so weird too because um it's almost as if like with this all happening, it's like since my my mind is almost so empty now, but like I'm also realizing too that like there's such an like habitual urge to like cling it like try to like grab onto something that doesn't even exist. It's so like yeah, it's so like such an ingrained habit to like cling on to this idea of like, oh, I need to think about this, I need to be thoughtful, I need to be mindful, I need to because like I'm I'm a very like nice, kind person. But I think being kind was in a response to my environment and being fearful of the environment. So I think just but at the same time I realize how it plays out, bro. But like it says Ramana, you know, your head is in the tiger's mouth. So yeah you're going into the digestive field. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the (laughs) shit you thought was you or about you is gonna get digested. And is going to be, uh, yeah. It's going to be an in- interesting journey. <laughs> Different use. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's traveling lighter. That's what happens. Yeah. You uh, you don't have any interest in things falling away, but you observe things falling away. It's mm. cool. Yeah. And you realize why things weren't falling away because you had interest in things falling away. That's why they weren't falling away. When you lose yeah. interest in it, the shit falls off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're on to the magical uh, equation. You are. Yeah. That's why we say there's a great party, but when you get there, it sucks. You can't seem to keep the party great with you there. So this is basically a loss of interest in you and the party's great. Yeah. <laughs> i'm happy that you shared bro thank you let's uh, we're gonna move on to the next uh, character yes rick Rowe. yeah such uh yeah yep anyone else mike mm, no hands raised anybody want to wave their hand mm. see this is I feel the power of satsang. The disarming can be in a very disarming space. Yeah. You don't even have to wear pants and shit or shoes. You're you're at your own house. You're in your own location. You have your own food there, all this stuff. And yet so much stuff happens with you doing so little other than just sitting here and hearing. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. And it's it's not surprising because you finally see the projection of meaning that's been given to everything from self-centeredness is unbelievable. It's sort of like the idea that when the hammer only sees nails, yes? So the self-centeredness taking itself to be the doer thinks everything has to have doing involved in it. There cannot be being and being in and of itself being the generator. There has to be doing or radical auxiliary fucking, you know, things on the being. We got to make it radical, authentic being or radical, authentic or pure awareness. No, no. Yeah. There's little, there's little needed to be done. And when there's a need to be done, you're not the doer thereof. Yeah. It's awesome. Yep. Yeah. And really, 
so much shit gets forgotten and you just have this very vague but intimate sense of being all the time. Really, that's what you're left with. Memories go out. A lot of fucking shit falls off in just a day's time. But there's this always overriding sense of I am that's chucking around with you. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. All right, Mike, anyone else or we'll uh, start saying goodbye. Wendy, how are you doing, Wendy? All right down there? I'm looking at Wendy from Recovery. Susanna. Susanna's asleep at the wheel, too. Lee. Oh, they're all not, they all muted. All right, well, I'm going to start saying goodbye. Listen, thank you, everyone, for today. Daniel, thanks for your share. John S. in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. More probably has happened to you or through you, John, than was ever done by John. Yes. Yes. Absolutely, man. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> You're on to something. Yeah. 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 Like I said, man, if you're content and satisfied right now, you don't have to do a bunch of shit to be content and satisfied. That's right. It's that simple, man. It's, it's great. Yeah, just enjoy the present. That's it. Yes, exactly. So you are Beautiful. what you've been looking for. It's pretty good, eh? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. William Stamps, nice to see you as always. One of the foundational rocks of the Zoom. I met, I met William in the first few talks. I think Mike, as always, the backbone of Zen Bitch Lab. Yeah. Hey, I sent you the schedule for the rehab thing. Got it. People can come Saturday and Sunday, and I'm thinking we'll have something anyway. I'll talk to you. You know. When do you fly? Are you going to miss any meetings? I will. I'll miss the Wednesday, but I'll tell you when. It's in two weeks. Two weeks from tonight, I'm leaving. All right. So, yeah, we'll be going to be back east, uh, 15th, 16th to the 20th. We're going to have talks at a, a place called in Dover, New Jersey. I sent Mike the flyer, and he'll put it up. And if you're interested, come on down or give put my numbers on Zendisla, phone number. You can call me up and see what we're doing uh, back east, yeah? All right. And Vita, Vita also already checked with me about carpooling from, from our area. So if you're in Western Massachusetts, New York, maybe you can get a carpool with Vita. Yes, yeah, we're gonna, yeah, it's gonna be fun. We'll hang out, go to eat and everything. Yeah, you guys can come early and we can have our own little talk before the public talk. All right, Reed Carson, nice to see you, Reed. Yeah. No kitty. Uh, we got our friend from David from Down Under. Yep. Sherry, San Diego. Yes. Craig May. I didn't hear the word gorgeous, Craig. I was waiting <laughs> for the gorgeous. We didn't get the gorgeous leaves and the light and whatever. <laughs> All right. Rico, Rico Cruz. Nice to see you, Rico. Thanks for being on board, Rico. The, the cruise has become much more pleasurable with your attendance. That's nice. 
Gary C., my man in uh, Placerville. You're feeling better every time I see you, bro. Good. Very good. Getting Gio, down in Brazil. Yeah. Hi, Paul. How are you? Good, my friend. Good. I'm ecstatic. Nice, nice. <laughs> I'm ecstatic. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we have a lovely gal here. I can't see her name. Let's see. Uh, Lynn, who? Uh, we got Lynn D. Nice to see Lynn. I did. I didn't see your chat thing, Lynn. I don't see the chats when I'm talking, but uh, I'll I'll try to look at them. I don't know if they're gone now or whatever. But if you need to communicate to me, just send a email through Zen Bitch Slap. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Rick Rowe. Always. Just remind me, Rick, remember, at the end of November. Yeah. Zoe Banks. Yes. Yes, she is. Brian, my bug man. Yeah. Oh, no, Brian's not my bug man. Brian's my, uh, my reggae, Brian. Yeah. I have another guy who's my bug man. I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah, what was it? I don't know. I recognize him when he shows up again. I think it's another John. I Elliot. bug a lot of people, Paul. I bug a lot of people. I know, but you're not the bug man. No. It's okay, Brian. Elliot Rosen, I hope to see you. Come in the East Coast. Run, Go to Dover. It's a lovely place. Yeah, I'm going to come. Oh, I'm good. Come. Yeah, well, call me up and stuff. We'll try to meet earlier in the day or something. Whatever okay, yeah, I will. Definitely. Right, good. Hari, I think it's Hari, the Hazi phone. Hey, Paul. Nice to see you, Hari. Yeah. yeah. Video's off, Paul. <laughs> you know, every time I slap, it's with love, honey. I know. I feel it, All right. Paul. All right. Love good. you. Bye. All right. We got Rob. Rob uh, from the uh, the Inner Garden, Richmond and Spadina. It was a site of many satsangs. Yeah, yeah. Miss Amelia, she's over here with Nor. Yeah, uh, we got Wendy V, Grateful Dave, Susanna W, Lee California, Laurie's phone. Uh, let me see. Oh, we've got. I think that's it. Hold on. I think I got everybody. Hey, it's a pleasure tonight. I'm happy to see Craig and everyone else. And. Uh, We'll be here tomorrow with the with the recovery meeting and Saturday we'll have a live meeting and the Zoom at one o'clock Pacific time in Marin City. So uh yeah, I'm hoping to see everybody. What it's a pleasure to just uh sit with you all. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. All right. Bye bye. Thank you, Paul.